your Bible open to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. <clears throat> Tonight I'm going to speak on the subject from verse 14. Listen to this. The text is verse 14. For they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. They that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. Tonight I want to present the definition of faith, 17 illustrations of faith, the price of faith, and the reward of faith. We'll begin by reading verses 1 and 6. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For without faith it is impossible to please God. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Now faith is simply taking somebody at their word and believing them. Humanly speaking, we can make mistakes. We can have misplaced confidence. But with God, we can never have misplaced confidence. But I want to show you just a little definition of faith unrehearsed. Marcus, will you come up here a minute? This is Marcus Boyd. Martin, remember that I should be baptized? I'm going to show you what we did. You stand <clears throat> Put your hands around my wrist. Right there. And you know I'm not going to drop you. Do you believe that? That's faith. You understand? That's faith to believe I'm not going to drop you. So you have to believe me, right? Alright? I'm not going to drop you. So you just trust me. Alright? I want to show you what baptism means. Baptism pictures the death and burial of Jesus. Secondly, it pictures that I personally have died and been buried in that old sin and I've been raised to walk a new life with Christ. And thirdly, Marcus, it pictures that one day you're going to die. So am I. But God isn't going to leave us dead. He's going to raise us back up. So when you're baptized, here's the way we do it. I'm not going to drop you. you. Go down. Come back up. You didn't drive, did you? You didn't fall. I didn't drop you. Go sit down. That's faith. Everyone that gets baptized has to exercise faith, first of all, in Jesus. And then secondly, faith in the one that's going to baptize him. I've never heard of anybody getting drowned baptizing. Have you? I've never even heard of anybody getting sick being baptized. <clears throat> now, why should anybody be baptized? Because he has placed his faith and trust in Jesus, and Jesus said, go ye into all the world, make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them. And so for 2,000 years, everyone who has believed upon Jesus and trusted Him as Savior has been baptized as a confession of that faith. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. That may sound like a difficult definition, but here's another illustration of it. When Peter was in the boat and Jesus was walking on the water to Peter, to the, to the disciples, and Peter got on the edge of the boat and he said, Lord, if that's really you, bid me to come. Now Jesus was walking on the water. And the Lord said, come. And Jesus, Peter put his eyes on Jesus and he began to go out on the water. So they trust him to that water. 
he walked on faith. Then all of a sudden he looked down and he realized he was doing something nobody had ever done before. He got scared and he began to sink and he reached out and said, Lord, save me. And the Lord reached out and lifted him and put him back in the boat. That's faith. Faith is the substance. Faith gives substance to the thing that you have hope for. And that hope is not a verb. You know, we say sometimes, I hope I can go in town tomorrow. That makes it a verb. I'm hoping that I can go in town. But the hope in the Bible is a noun. The blessed hope in Christ. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. That's what faith is. Now secondly, I want you to think of the illustrations of faith. In verses, uh, well there are many, many illustrations of faith. Verses 4 through, uh, well, through 20, 32. I'm just going to mention some of them. There are 17 illustrations here. Listen. By faith Abel. By faith Enoch. By faith Noah. By faith, Abraham. By faith, Isaac. By faith, Jacob. By faith, Joseph. By faith, Moses. By faith, Joshua. By faith, Rahab. By faith, Gideon, Barak, Samson, Japheth, David, Samuel, and so on. Seventeen men mentioned and women mentioned, I, I forgot to mention Sarah, by faith Sarah. All of these did what they did in faith because they had no under, they had no uh, proof that it was going to happen. Now faith is taking God at his word, just believing him. For example, if I needed five dollars, and I really needed the five dollars, and I, I just told you I needed five dollars. And Johnny come to me after church and say, well, I'll give you the $5 tomorrow morning. So on the way out, Lloyd says, do you still need the $5? What do I say? What? No, why? Have I got the $5? No, but I believe Johnny. He said he'd give it to me in the morning. I said, Lloyd, thank you very much. I've already got it. I don't really have it. I believe Johnny's going to give it to me tomorrow morning. That's faith. I've never seen heaven. Is there anybody in this room who has ever been to heaven? Miss Claycomb used to talk about her vision of heaven, but I've never been to heaven. I've never even had a vision of heaven. I'd like to. I've never seen heaven, but I've read about it in the Bible. How do you believe heaven's real? Because I believe what God says. That's faith. Putting your faith in what God says. Now the Bible says, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And the wages of this sin is death, separation from God forever and forever. How do you know that? Because God said it. So the question is, do you believe God? Those who do not believe in hell don't believe God. Same way about heaven. All we know about hell is what the Bible tells us, what Jesus said. All we know about heaven is what Jesus said. It's interesting to me some will believe what Jesus said about heaven but they won't believe what Jesus said about hell. It's all accepted by faith. I'm on my way to Emmanuel's land. Come we that love the Lord and let our joys be known. Join in a song with sweet accord and thus surround the throne. Let those refuse to sing who never knew our God 
but children of the heavenly king may speak their joys abroad. We're marching to Zion. How do you know? Because this word says so. That's faith. Faith gives substance to the things that you believe in your heart. That's faith. Now those illustrations of faith are very, very real. I want to give another illustration of faith. I have a dollar bill. I want to give that dollar bill to the first person that believes me and comes and gets it. When I first mentioned that, everybody did that thing. But Marcus believed me. Now, he didn't rehearse that. I didn't tell him it was going to do that. He just believed me. Now, ladies and gentlemen, that's what faith is. Faith is taking God at his word and believing him. It's that simple. <clears throat> My God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory. That's what faith is. Now, <coughs> Let me tell you the price of faith. Look in verses 24 to 27. Chapter 11, verses 24 to 27. There are six specific price tags on faith listed right here. Listen to what they are. Beginning in verse 24. By faith, Moses, when he came to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter choosing rather to suffer the afflictions with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect under the recompense of the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. I want you to notice those six price tags on faith. Number one, he had to refuse some things. He had to refuse certain things. If you look in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, listen to this. Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, as we have received, we faint not. We receive mercy, we faint not. But have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by a manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. Renouncing the hidden things of dishonesty. That's what Moses had to do. By faith he refused all the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Now you think of that. Moses had it made. Almost any of you would have enjoyed being in the palace of the Egyptian kings and pharaohs. <coughs> Moses had everything he wanted. Now, of course, he was born to a Jewish family. And the law of the land said every male baby has to die. So his mother kept him hidden as long as possible. And then after a while, she put him in a little ark out on the Nile River by faith. She didn't kill him. She didn't hand him over to the guards. She put him out there and said, God, you take care of him. You know what God did? God sent Pharaoh's daughter, the very daughter of the man who said every baby boy shall die. God sent her down there and she heard that little baby crying. <coughs> and somehow God touched her heart. She was a pagan, but God touched her heart. <coughs> and 
And she said, I want that little baby. She took the little baby in her arms and she wondered, who will nurse this little one? I don't know how to do it. <laughs> well, it just so happened that Miriam, Moses' sister, was standing nearby. See, God's appointed time. God uses human beings as angels of God. Don't forget that. The word angel in the Bible is, means messenger. And God sometimes says human messengers to help us. And so God sent Miriam as an angel, and she stood up and said, well, I'll get a nurse for that little baby. <laughs> and guess who the nurse was? The baby's mother. And the baby's mother took little Moses home and taught him the things of God until he was four or five or six years old. Then she took him to Pharaoh's palace, and the rest of his early life, he was educated in Egyptian science. Now, the Egyptian science taught that our earth rests on animals. And when the earth has an earthquake or shakes or trembles, it's because that animal is shaking all over and the earth is trembling. And they thought that you go out far enough, you'd just drop off into nothing. That's what Moses learned in school. He didn't believe a word of it. Later, when he wrote in the Word of God, he said he hangs the earth on nothing. And he talked about the circle of the earth. Where did he get that? He got it either by direct revelation like he got a lot of other things or he got it from his mother's teaching when he was a little boy. Parents, teach your little boys and girls important things about Jesus. Get them under Christian teaching. Get them in Sunday school. Get them in a Christian school. Get them where they can learn the things of God and the Word of God. Well, Moses refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He threw it all off, and he went over to the backside of the desert. And for 40 years, he wandered over there, away from his palatial home. There are some things, if you're going to walk by faith, you have to refuse. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 says we renounce the things of dishonesty. We have to refuse popularity. We have to refuse doing what everybody else does. That's the temptation that comes to us today. Everybody's doing it, so we better do it. <clears throat> Everybody's drinking, so let's all drink. Everybody's playing the lottery, let's all play the lottery. Everybody's gambling, let's all gamble. Everybody's dancing, let's all dance. And the young people say, well, look around. All the kids are enjoying premarital sex. Let's us do it. If you're going to walk by faith, there's some things that you'll have to renounce. That's what Moses did. Well, there's a second price tag. Look in verse 25. Choosing rather to suffer the afflictions with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. He had to choose certain things. If we're going to walk by faith, we have to choose, we have to make some choices. We can't just go que sera, sera, whatever's going to happen is going to happen to everything will be all right. We have to stand against the tide, buck the tide. The winds are blowing. 
the winds of affliction, the winds of disturbance, they're all blowing. What do you do about it? You can blow with them, just go any or which way. You know, some people make up their minds by the way everybody else thinks. They wet their finger, put it out there, whichever way the wind's blowing, that's the way they go. If you're going to walk by faith, you have to make some choices. You have to choose. And this scripture says, Moses chose rather to suffer the afflictions with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Now don't kid yourself, sin is enjoyable. <laughs> if you didn't enjoy sin, you wouldn't do it. Nobody would sin if it wasn't fun. Moses chose not to go that direction. So if we're going to walk by faith, we have to choose. A little while ago, <clears throat> I asked Marcus to come up here. He could have said no. <clears throat> I was in a revival meeting some time ago, and I said something similar to the little boy. He said no, no, no. See, he chose not to come. Marcus chose to come. When you come to Jesus, you choose to come to him. You have to choose it. Behold, I offer you the way of life and the way of death. Which will you choose? The way of life or the way of death? The way of the moral code of the scripture or the way of the immoral code of lifestyle of the world? Which will you choose? You have to choose. Moses chose rather to suffer the afflictions with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Thirdly, third price tag. Look in verse 26. <clears throat> Esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures of Egypt. He had to, and then the next one is re, he had respect under the recompense of the reward. He had to choose what he esteemed and respected as right and, and wise. And if we're going to walk with faith, that's what we have to do. We have to choose which we're going to do. Now, this is so practical. We do it on, on every camp. For example, when you're uh, getting ready to drive somewhere in the morning, you have to choose which way to go. That's the reason why it's to stop and pray, Lord, which way shall I go? A lot of people have avoided accidents by asking God which road to take which direction to take. Maybe that doesn't always guarantee safety, but it helps. We have to esteem and respect certain things in life. What do you really esteem and respect? We're living in an age when most people don't respect anything. We spit at the policemen, we call them pigs. They're only there to try to keep you alive. Why do you want to stay alive? We uh, decide that we're going to go do what everybody else does with our life. Do you know, listen to this, you won't like it. Warn you ahead of time, you can stop your ears up if you want to. The only reason people smoke cigarettes, they're copying what they saw somebody else to do. They must have respected them and esteemed them highly because they wanted to <laughs> and take the risk of getting lung cancer. They chose that. 
They esteemed those people. Why don't you find some godly person and choose to follow that as a role model? God will bless you. Everybody follows somebody. I've told you this many times before, but I like to tell it. I was having lunch with four or three or four of our young men several years ago over here at the Ponderosa on the bypass. And while we're reading, I said, uh, tell me who your heroes are. One fellow said, well, my hero is the Apostle Paul. I thought that was pretty good. Another guy said, well, my hero <clears throat> is D.L. Moody. I like the way he won souls to Christ. And then another guy said, well, my hero is Elvis Presley. I just watched them for a while. They all came to church. I just watched them during the next few years, months and years. The one who said D.L. Moody is my hero is out preaching the word today. The one that said the Apostle Paul is my hero is a pillar in his church today, not here in Bowling Green, somewhere else. The one who said Elvis Presley is my hero doesn't ever go to church. He filled his mind with all that country music and all that suggestive stuff. Now, wait a minute. Elvis Presley had a beautiful voice. Beautiful voice. I used to hear him in West Tennessee when he sang gospel songs. Beautiful. And then somebody invited him to sing pop songs and worldly songs and so on. And he liked it. They all clapped and applauded and fainted over him and so on. And he liked it. And he introduced the sex revolution to America. When he died, the preacher that had his funeral said he was a Christian. I believe that. But oh, what an answer he has to give to God. Somebody wired him after he'd been in Detroit and said, Elvis, thanks for coming to Detroit. Before you came, I was a virgin. No more after hearing you. Who do you choose to respect and love. Who are your heroes and role models? Think about that. Moses esteemed the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures of Egypt and all the popularity of his day. He had respect under the recompense of the reward. Now the fifth price tag in verse 27. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king. He had everything Egypt could offer. He was probably next in line to be the pharaoh. You imagine a Jewish pharaoh? He could have done that. And listen what, his, what his, some of his buddies told him. Listen, you can, you, you can be a Christian. You can be a worshiper of God and, and do everything else that the pharaohs do and all the young people here do. That would be okay. There's no conflict. And you just go on and do it. But Moses said, no, I can't do that. I have to forsake that way of life. I can't do it. And so faith has a price tag of forsaking. There are some things we have to forsake if we're going to walk by faith. And then, last of all, in verse 27, he endured as seeing him that is invisible. Faith never fails. It endures on and on and on and on and on. And Moses endured. How many of you remember the life 
You've heard about Plato, but can you tell me much about Plato? You've heard of Aristotle, can you tell me much about Aristotle? You've heard of Demosthenes, can you tell me much about Demosthenes? You've heard of Artaxerxes, can you tell me much about him? Those were all popular people in their day, but they haven't endured. But Moses endures. Everybody that knows anything about the things of God remembers Moses, who wrote the Ten Commandments as God dictated them. He wrote the Pentateuch, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. He stands as a high water mark in the echelons of faith. He endured. Now last of all, real quickly, look in verses 14 to 16. I want you to notice the reward of faith. For they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. Truly, if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came, they might have returned, might have had opportunity to have returned. But now they desire a better country, that is, a heavenly. Wherefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he hath prepared for them a city. The reward of faith. We sang a while ago, it's wonderful to be a Christian. It's wonderful to have your sins forgiven. Be redeemed, reconciled, and to know the Lord. Why is it so wonderful? We're marching to Zion. We're on our way home. We're on our way to the king's palace. And on the way, we have the company of the redeemed. We enjoy each other. We enjoy singing. We enjoy fellowship. We enjoy the word of God. And we enjoy the oversight of those that care about us. But that's just half of it. When we get to the portal, we get to the terminal. We hear the voice of Jesus saying, I'll take care of you in your accidents. I'll be with you in your sickness. And I'll be with you at the depot of death. And I'll take you safely across and place your hand in God's hand forever. And that wonderful city called heaven, no one ever dies. There are no funerals. There are probably some funeral directors there who got saved, but they won't practice their business. No cemeteries on the hillsides of glory. When we get home, joy, peace, purpose, pardon forever and forever. Someday the silver cord will break, and I no more as now shall sing, but oh, the joy when I shall wake within the palace of my king, and I shall tell the story, saved by grace, by faith, by faith. I want to ask you tonight, are you walking by faith? When we walk by faith, we don't have to be afraid to tithe because we believe God's promise my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. When we walk by faith, we don't, we don't have to be afraid <clears throat> to give to a building program because we know that when we're not here to enjoy it, God will take care of it and the generations to come will get blessed by it. I heard a lady, I took her home this morning in the car, Mrs. Stinson, and she said, I remember in the earlier years, she's been a member here a long time. She's 85 or 86. She said, I remember in the early days when we had building programs and we had the privilege of giving. And she said, when we start giving, I'm going to give. She said, I probably will never get into that new place. I may never even see it. But there are people coming after me that will get blessed by it. So I'm going to give. That's faith. That's walking by faith. I want to know, is there anybody here tonight who loves my Jesus? Anybody here who loves my Lord? Do you really love him? 
Do you want to walk by faith or you just want to walk by sight? Pitiful are those people who just have to see it all. They say, I'm from Missouri. I have to see it before I believe it. I'm glad most of us are not from Missouri. Now, I like Missourians. We have some good friends over in Missouri, and they don't walk by sight. They walk by faith. But there are a lot of people that just walk by sight. If I can't see it, I won't believe it. Can't understand it, I won't believe it. But then there's that select group of the master's minority who walk by faith. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you that faith is the victory that overcomes the world. We pray that our church will walk by faith. Everyone in this place tonight, those who visit with us and those who are coming regularly will begin to walk by faith. And Lord, <clears throat> help us to see that there is a reward at the end of the way. There's no disappointment at the end of the road. We can walk by faith right into the king's palace over there. Pray that someone here tonight who is not saved will come to Jesus. We pray in his name, amen. Let's stand, please. Pass me not, O gentle Savior. Page 500, page 500. Hear my humble cry. While on others thou art calling, do not pass me by. Now here's the invitation. Number one, if you're here tonight and you're not saved, you're not really walking by faith, I want to ask you to come to Jesus. You may say, well, I don't understand how. If you'll come, we'd like to explain it to you from the Bible. There are others who are walking by faith, but you're not involved in the church. Be good if you'd come and say, I want to get part of the, be part of this church, start serving the Lord, walking with Him and working with Him. You ought to come. Then there are some, you've never been saved. I want to ask you to come to Jesus tonight. Trust Him. There are some who have been saved and are ready to be baptized. You need to come so we can show you where to go and how to take care of that baptism tonight. God bless you. While we sing, do what God tells you. Some ought to move your letter to this church tonight and do what God tells you. While we sing, will you come?